When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, it seems the longer that you're in this hobby, the deeper you dive into these geeky, highly specific little tangents, right? And of course, myself being a prototypical fish geek, I'm hardly immune from such little jaunts. My obsession with blackwater botanical style aquariums keeps me searching for all sorts of bits of information from nature that can give me a new angle to explore. And it's often taken me into some interesting, if not silty and tannin-stained directions. Obviously, you know that by now that I'm just a bit partial to the environmental niches and species and diversity of the Amazon region. The number of cool aquarium species found in this region alone could keep the most ardent fish key busy for several lifetimes. And the remarkable diversity of the biotopes found there is an aquarist dream come true. We're all aware of the many species of fish found in the hobby that hail from this region. However, we don't hear much about the invertebrate life from the Amazon, particularly from a hobby perspective, do we? At least I haven't, and I certainly haven't heard much about them in the hobby at all. However, there are shrimps which live in this region. Like, where the hell have they been hiding, literally, from the hobby for so long, and why? Well, let's just cut to the chase for a second. It all starts, as you might imagine, in leaf litter. I was pursuing, as I frequently do, some scholarly articles on the Amazonian stream leaf litter ecology and diversity when I kept stumbling upon mentions of various types of shrimp found in the litter beds. Yeah, shrimp. There are a few species of shrimp that are found in the Amazon region, and they may or may not be suitable for the aquariums. However, I find it rather fascinating that we've been taking fish from this region for the better part of a century with almost nothing heard from the invert side. Kind of weird, at least it is to me. I've seen some vague references in hobby literature and websites to the genus Macrobrachium, but I've not seen them for sale currently during my admittedly limited hobby research on them. Well, part of it's most likely because they're not all that sexy looking. Like, they're pretty much clear. <laughs> Let's be honest, clear shrimps are not what many enthusiasts are looking for, particularly when you have new morphs of crazy colorful Neocardina and such coming in from Asia and domestic sources by the bagful like every week. Nonetheless, the genus, genus uh, Pseudopelemon, uh, the species Pseudopelemon amazonensis in particular, and Macrobrachium are pretty interesting in that they inhabit many of the same streams and the niches that you'll find some of our favorite fishes in, in like uh, Epistogramma and various species of kerosens. Now, unlike a lot of the shrimp found in the Americas, these species complete their entire life cycle in freshwater environments, in particular, the blackwater leaf litter niches of these Amazonian streams. Well, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> and it does seem a bit odd with what we know about the composition of Amazonian blackwater and some of the environmental requirements for crustaceans in general, right? Now, blackwaters, as we all know, are typically are rather acidic rather than the typically more neutral white waters. The major difference is the concentration of ions, magnesium, sodium, potassium, and calcium. These are very low in blackwater. And of course, this lack of ions has some ecological implications, doesn't it? Certain organisms like snails and other mollusks need more calcium than is available in blackwater systems. In fact, they need a lot of calcium to build their shells, and they're not really that abundant in blackwaters. It makes sense, right? 
but then I, you know, keep stumbling on these things. I found this little tidbit from a research paper by a researcher by the name of Michael Goldie and his colleague Ephraim Ferreira. And I quote, there are two families of freshwater shrimp in the Amazon. Paleomonidae contains four genera and 14 species. Sergestidae is represented by only one genus and it has two or three species. Over 50 species of Amazonian fishes have been reported to eat shrimp. So that's interesting. So yeah, there are a number of fishes which eat shrimp in the region, so there must be a fair number of shrimp, right? In fact, it's thought that Sorbium lima, a fish that's common to the Amazon region, it's a kind of a game fish, and we've seen it in the hobby before. It's a big fish. It's a shrimp feeding specialist. According to at least one scholarly article I found that mentioned these shrimp, in conjunction with a study on the overall leaf litter communities of Amazonian streams, discuss the differing feeding habits of habitats of these habits I say habitats of these two species of, of fish of shrimp excuse me so pseudopaleomon tend to feed predominantly on algal growth and the macrobrachium species tend to feed on leaf litter detritus and its associated fungi hmm, sounds familiar doesn't it now the studies of the environment cite that a pH range of 4.3 to 4.7 in the regions or the areas in which the fish have been described and collected is pretty common and the conclusion of one study in these habitats was that, and I quote, collections over four years in the habitat of submerged litter show that shrimps are abundant the year round. So these are always there. The study I found surveyed the fishes and inverse of leaf litter communities of the Taramazino. It's a small blackwater tributary of the Rio Negro. And as you imagine, there's a couple of different species that are abundant there. And the common denominator, again, leaf litter. So yeah, leaf litter beds are so freaking compelling to me as aquatic habitats for the aquarium representation that it's not even funny. I find it compelling and interesting to think about shrimps in the Amazonian region. I think it would be really cool to keep and breed these animals, obviously breed them to avoid decimating the valuable role-playing populations with unchecked, non-sustainable collection. Not only would they be more biotope specific for many of the aquaria that we tend to keep, they would be fascinating and well adapted to leaf litter type aquaria. And we're all pretty experienced with leaf litter, aren't we? So it's interesting to me to find out about animals that might otherwise be overlooked in the hobby. And I admit that my knowledge of shrimp in general tends to be far less than my knowledge of fishes. Yet I'm very intrigued by these species and the potential for them to be aquarium residents. Obviously, wanting to have animals for a hobby that are important in the natural environment carries some ethical implications. And if they're not suited for removal from these precious communities then the use of more commonly available captive-propagated shrimp like the Amano shrimp would make a fine facsimile substitute for these enigmatic invertebrates in our aquaria. Of course, I fully expect somewhere some shrimp enthusiast is looking at this and he's going to you know, email me and say, these shrimp are from the Amazon are like everywhere, Felman. What rock have you been sleeping under? You know, something like that. But maybe not. I'm certainly not the only one who's thought about these guys before, right? I mean, I've seen some references to propagated macrobrachium before. They're out there still, I'm sure. Somewhere, maybe. It's just certainly fun to ponder nonetheless, isn't it? It's just another example of the many interesting little back roads that we can travel as we explore this amazing, addictive, and fascinating hobby. I kind of like those back roads myself. You never know what you might find out there. Stay resourceful. Stay curious. Stay intrigued. Stay diligent. And always, stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenth.